0: أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ بِسْمِ اللَّهِ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ سُورَةُ الْأَعْلَى سُورَةُ الْأَعْلَى and سُورَةُ الْغَاشِيَة are two surahs that the Prophet ﷺ recited very frequently. Both the Eid prayers as well as Jumu'ah. The Prophet ﷺ would recite these two surahs. And if Jumu'ah and Eid were combined on one day, he would still recite these two surahs: Suratul ala and Suratul ghashiyah We also learned that the Prophet sallallahu he would recite the surah in the Zuhur prayer. He would also recite the surah in the Witr prayer. So we see here, that the Prophet ﷺ recited these surahs when in large gatherings. He recited the surah in Jumu'ah Salah, so weekly reminder, sometimes in Zuhur Salah, but in witr for sure. Daily reminder. The Prophet ﷺ gave this surah so much importance. What is the meaning of the surah? Bismillahir Rahman rahim سَبِّحِ اسْمَ رَبِّكَ الْأَعْلَى سبيح. Glorify, exalt. This is a command. Meaning, O oh, you who listens, you must glorify and exalt the ism, the name of who? Of رَبِّك, of your Lord, who is الْأَعْلَى The highest one, the Most High. Glorify His name, meaning do His tasbih. Why? Because He is the highest. And glorify Him in what manner? That you should worship Him, and you should mention Him, and you should strive for Him, and you should work in His obedience. Why? Because He is Al-A'la, the Most High. None is higher than Him. Al-'a'la from Ulub. Ali is one who is high, but a'la is the highest one, meaning there is no one higher than him. How is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our Lord, the most high? Firstly, He is the most high with respect to His being, with respect to His that. We learn in Suratul muminun ayah 116, that فَتَعَالَ اللَّهُ الْمَلِكُ الْحَقّ exalted high is your lord is allah the true king la ilaha illahu there is no god but he as i mentioned to you earlier that beneath the arsh is the world of the creation so who is above the arsh allah the exalted he is al ala al arsh the most merciful upon the throne he rose He is a'la, he is high, meaning he is superior and exalted in his attributes also. How? That he is above every weakness and every deficiency and every fault. He doesn't suffer from negligence or failure or forgetfulness or oppression. No. He does not need any help because he is the highest. No sleep and no drowsiness overtakes him. He does not get tired. Nothing weakens Him in the sky or the earth. So, sabbih Glorify Him. Worship Him. Become His servant. Work in His obedience. In Surah Al-Mu'minun, Ayah 17, Allah says, وَلَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا فَوْقَكُمْ سَبْعَ طَرَائِقْ وَمَا كُنَّا عَنِ الْخَلْقِ غَافِلِينَ We have created above you seven levels. Meaning, look at where you are. Below the seven heavens. And Allah is not unaware of His creation. How vast is His creation? How many are His creatures? And He knows every single one of them. How? Why? Because He is a'la. He is above any weakness. In Surah Fatir, Ayah 44, Allah says, وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيُعْجِزَهُ مِن شَيْءٍ فِي السَّمَوَاتِ وَلَا فِي الْأَرْضِ There is nothing that can weaken Allah, that can cause Him failure that can prevent him from executing his will, neither in the sky nor in the earth. Nothing can weaken him, because he is al-āla. So sabīḥ, glorify him. Why should you glorify him? Because he deserves it. Your success is in worshipping him, in becoming his servant. And why shouldn't you? When everything is glorifying him. As Allah says in Surah Al-Isra, Ayah 44, that Lahu تُسَبِّحُ لَهُ ardu السَّبْعُ وَالْأَرْضُ وَمَنْ فِيهِنْ وَإِمْ مِنْ شَيْءٍ إِلَّا يُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِهِ The seven heavens, the earth, and whoever is in them, glorifies Allah. And there is nothing except that it is glorifying Allah. So aren't you going to glorify Allah? If we don't glorify Allah, if we don't mention His tasbih, then we are getting left behind. Because even the birds glorify Him. And the angels glorify Him. And if we don't, then we are depriving ourselves. It is said that Nuh salam, before he passed away, he advised one of his sons. He said, Subhanallahi اللَّهِ وَبِحَمْدِهِ Meaning adhere to Subhanallahi اللَّهِ وَبِحَمْدِهِ Make sure you say it. Because فَإِنَّهَا صَلَاتَ kulli shay, It is the prayer of everything. This is how the creation worships Allah. وَبِهَا يُرْزَقُ الْخَلْقِ And by it, the creation is provided. So if we, if we want to worship Allah, then yes, we perform the salah. And in the salah, we do tasbih of Allah. But outside of salah also, we must do tasbih of Allah. The angels also glorify Allah. The carriers of the throne glorify Allah, and on the day of judgment also they will glorify Allah. The Prophet ﷺ would frequently do tasbih. He was commanded to do tasbih. The most beloved speech to Allah is what that He is praised and glorified. When a servant says Subhanallah, he will be hamdihi. In fact, when we stand in prayer. And when we say Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika wa tabarakasmuka wa ta'ala jadduka wa la ilaha this is the most beloved speech to Allah. Think about it. There are so many different things you say during the day. Aren't they? We talk a lot, right? One of the statements that we could say that is beloved to Allah is when we stand in prayer, put our hands on our chest, and we glorify Allah. This is tasbih that Allah loves. And there is nothing that can draw a servant closer to Allah better than tasbih. Tasbih draws us closer to Allah. How? Because when we say the words of tasbih, when we say subhanallah, when we say alhamdulillah, when we glorify Allah, when we praise Him, these words of glorification, where do they go? They go and revolve around the arsh. And they make sound, like the buzzing of the bees. As if they are making mention of those who said them. This is why Allah says, "Fadkuruni adkurkum. Remember me, I will remember you. سَبِّحِ اسْمَ رَبِّكَ الْأَعْلَى Glorify the name of your Lord. Meaning, glorify Him, do His tasbih, praise Him. Worship Him, strive towards Him, live for Him. Because when you will do tasbih, even when you say subhanallah wa bihamdihi, or subhanallah, Subhana Rabbi wa bihamdihi, different forms of tasbih, there are so many benefits. One of the benefits is we learn that it is the cure to anxiety, cure to fear. In the previous surah we learned about the natural fear that we can have because of people harming us or plotting against us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to His Messenger in the Qur'an that, وَلَقَدْ نَعْلَمُ أَنَّكَ يَضِيقُ صَدْرُكَ بِمَا يَقُولُونَ We know that your chest feels tight because of what the people say. What solution was He given? Subbih, Glorify your Lord. Glorify your Lord. In another hadith we learn that whoever gets afraid in the night, do we get afraid in the night? Some people are scared to drive in the night some people are scared to even get out of their bed in the night in the darkness of the night or whoever is afraid to spend money are we afraid of spending money in the way of allah yeah or whoever is afraid of facing the enemy then he should increase in saying subhanallahi wa bihamdihi his fear will depart because of it so your fear is overwhelming you it's crippling you. What's the solution? Sabbih. Glorify Allah. Because when you will glorify Allah, you're reminding yourself that Allah is most perfect. You're admitting your weakness. You're accepting it. And you're relying upon Him. This is how you deal with fear. And in the hadith we also learn that saying subhanallah wa bihamdi, this is better than spending gold in Allah's way. How much gold? Even the size of a mountain. Maybe we're not able to spend that much money in Allah's way, but are we able to say Subhanallah bihamdi? That we should be able to do. Saying Subhanallah is a sadaqah for every limb and joint. As we learn in Hadith, that when a person wakes up then sadaqah is due for what? Every limb, every joint in the body. So how do you do that? Subhanallah is a sadaqah. When you do dhikr of Allah, that is a sadaqah. Kalimatan, two statements, two words. How are they? Khafifatan, alal lisan, right? Saqilatan, mizan habibatan, al rahman. Beloved to the most merciful, heavy in the scale, and easy upon the tongue. What are they? Subhanallah, wa bihamdihi, subhanallahil azim. So here we are being given a command and this command is so direct. And if there is one thing we can take from the Qur'an, even if there is one lesson we can take, which is that my Lord is the best and I need Him and I need to glorify Him. Rabbi Kal A'la. Glorify Him when? In the morning, in the evening, in salah, in rukur, in sujood, after salah. Before going to sleep. Even when going down, what do we say? What do we say? Subhanallah. Even on hearing thunder, what do we say? Hm? khifatihi Ala fa Sawa the one who created and then he proportioned. Sawa taswiyah to level something. Smoothen it. So He created what? What did Allah create? Everything. So everything that exists is Allah's creation. But when Allah created the creation, how did He create it? sawwa He proportioned, He leveled, He smoothened. Just look at your body. If this flesh wasn't there, if the fat wasn't there, then how would we be? Skin and bones. Uncomfortable and causing discomfort to others also. Isn't it? So, With this flesh, with this fat, with the skin. He smoothened us, smoothened our bodies. And if you look at it, every single creature, it's as if, you know, it's complete down to the final finishing touches even. Because if you look at it, the pattern, the color, the detail, Everything is so beautiful. And the one who destined, meaning he appointed a decree for every creature, he destined a decree. When it is to be created, how it is to be created, what it is to do, where it is to go, what it's going to eat, when it's going to die. Decreed everything for every creature before it was created. And then Fahada Then he also guided it. He guided every creature. To what? To what? To whatever that is necessary for it. As the winter is here, I guess, you see birds, tiny birds, subhanAllah. How do they survive in this cold? How? Who guided them? Just this morning I saw a beautiful cardinal sitting outside our window. I was like, what is this cardinal doing outside in this cold? How come it didn't migrate? Because many birds migrate to warmer climates. But there are many of these tiny, small, beautiful birds that even live through the harsh winters. How? How? Fahada. Who guided them? Where to find food? And how? And when? And how to deal with the cold wind and the freezing temperatures. How? How do they function? Who guided them? Who taught them? In Surah Qamar, Ayah 49, Allah says, إِنَّا كُلَّ شَيْءٍ خَلَقْنَاهُ بِقَدَرٍ We have created everything according to a certain measure. For everything is a decree. And we learn that Allah ordained the qadr of all the creation, 50,000 years before He created the heavens and the earth. 50,000 years before He created the heavens and the earth. In Surah Taha, Ayah 50, Musa a.s. said, a'ta kulla Our Lord is the one who has given every creature, everything its form, And then he also guided it. Guided it as to where it should go, where it will find shelter, what it needs to eat, what it should not eat, how it needs to climb, or how it needs to fly, or how it needs to swim. How? Hada. I mean, look at the variety of the creation. From the biggest to the smallest. And every creature knows what it's supposed to do. Isn't it? Every creature. Even when you look at plants, how do some plants know that they have to grow? Grow in this way or grow in that way, climb on top of something else. How do they figure it out? It's built in. Hada. And for man, for the human being, hidayah is of two types. Hidayah of irshad and hidayah of tawfiq. That he has guided as an instructed, irshad directed him as to what is good and what is not, what he must do and what he must not do. And then tawfiq. The ability to see that guidance, accept it and follow it. And the Quran is also Allah's guidance, which He has sent for people. Qaddara Fahada. Akhraj al And the one who brings out the pasture, mara. ya Mara is used for grazing land. Or green, fresh pasture. So grass and things like that which grow and which serve as pasture for animals of livestock. So, وَالَّذِي أَخْرَجَ الْمَرْعَىٰ فَجَعَلَهُ غُثَاءً أَحْوَىٰ Then he made it, meaning he makes the mar'a, what? غُثَاءً Stubble. And what is its colour like? Ahwa, very dark. Those same green plants, what happens to them? They turn dark, lifeless, dried up, withered Rosa and Ahwa. Rosa Rainsaw is used for when plants decay. Okay? When they decay. We all saw. In the summer, how trees were full of green, fresh leaves. And they changed color, and then they fell. When they fell, their color was still beautiful. But what happened after rain fell? What happened? The color faded. Didn't it? One day I was outside, picked up some leaves with my kids, and we put them in the car, and I forgot to take them out. After two days or so, we saw the leaves, they had dried up, left a big mess in my car. Those same leaves, which were so nice and cool and soft and beautiful, now, what are they? Just waiting to vacuum the car. This is ghusa. When plants, leaves, they begin to die. And as they begin to die, they lose their color, they lose their freshness, and they're basically waste. They're basically like garbage. It is said, غُثَة is also used for the black decaying stubble that gathers on the side of the water or on the surface of the water in a flood. In a flood. So think about this. Water that has gathered up, it will pick up everything in its way, right? So leaves, broken twigs grass, things like that, that die, over time what happens? They rise to the surface and they turn black, they're decaying. That's it, it's waste, it's garbage. This is غُثَاء. And further, ahwa. أَحْوَىٰ ya When something becomes very dark and intense in its color. There's two interpretations of ahwa. One is that it turns very dark, as in dark brown, almost black. And that's what happens. I mean in winter, what do you see? Those same green fields, what's their color? Dirty brown? Isn't it? You see no green, no red, no yellow. All dirty brown. This is Ahwa. And some have said that Ahwa refers to when the color becomes really intense. So for example, as fruits, when they become more ripe, the color becomes even brighter. And then slowly it turns into Blackness. So for example, bananas. When you get them from the grocery store, they're kind of green-yellow. You leave them for some time, they turn bright yellow. And then what happens? That bright yellow, deep color, some said this is ahwa. And others said that no, not this level, but black, dark. So فَجَعَ لَهُ غُثَاءً أَحْوَى. What's the message here? What's the message here? Connect this with the previous ayah. وَالَّذِي أَخْرَجَ الْمَرْعَىٰ فَجْعَلَهُ غُثَاءً There is decline. Things have a beginning, they reach their peak, and then there is decline. سَنُقْرِئُكَ فَلَا There are many things that decline in our lives over time. There are things we learn They're fresh in our mind, so much so that we're writing an exam, and within 20 minutes, we can recall all that information and answer all those questions. But what happens two weeks after that exam? What happens? We've forgotten it. Right? That information was so fresh in your mind, you were so able to access that information, recall it, use it. But after some time, you lost it. Rise, peak, decline. Isn't it? Now the fear of loss is very natural. The fear of forgetting is also very natural. The Prophet ﷺ was being given a very precious treasure. And what was that? The Qur'an. And he was afraid that he would forget the Qur'an. So when Jibreel would bring him revelation, the Prophet ﷺ would not even wait for Jibreel to finish reciting. What would he do? He would start reciting with Jibreel. So Allah Subhanahu wa Taala revealed verses in the Qur'an not once, but several times reminding him that don't be hasty over here. You don't recite when Jibreel is reciting. We will make sure that you remember it. Isn't it so? For example, we learn in Surah Qiyamah, ayah 16. لَا تُحَرِّكْ بِهِ لِسَانَكَ لِتَعْجَلَ بِهِ إِنَّ عَلَيْنَا جَمْعَهُ وَقُرْآنَهُ فَإِذَا قَرَأْنَاهُ فَاتَّبِعُ قُرْآنَهُ ثُمَّ إِنَّ عَلَيْنَا بَيَانَهُ The Prophet ﷺ was afraid that he would forget the Qur'an. So Allah ﷻ assured him here, سَنُقْرِئُكَ We will make you recite. Trust Allah. فَلَا تَنْسَى And then you won't forget. You see when you forget, you feel so weak over there. Because, you know like when you have to go for an exam, where you can't take a book, you can't take anything, you just walk in with a pen, that's it. You have to rely completely on your memory. And when you cannot recall information that you just studied so hard on, You studied for an entire week, for an entire month, and now you cannot remember. How do you feel? How do you feel? You know exactly how you feel. You feel so weak, so disheartened over there that what's wrong? I don't even have control over my memory. You feel so weak. And there's so many aspects of our lives where we are weak. Allah subhanahu wa taala reminds us here of our weakness and the fact that we need to depend upon Him. So He assured the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam, "We will make you recite." Nukriu, nukriu, iqrat is to make someone else read. Okay, qaraa he read, akraa he made him read. Nukriu we will make you read. Qar also means to gather, to collect. So نُقْرِيُوكَ meaning we will gather it for you. We will gather the Qur'an for you in your mind. فَلَا تلسى, So you will not forget. You will remember it. Are you afraid of forgetting the Qur'an? Hmm? Should be. We should have this fear. Because forgetting the Qur'an is not a minor thing. On the day of judgment a person will come and he will be blind. And he will say Rabbilima Hashartani a'ma wa qad kuntu basira." Oh my Lord, I was able to see in the world. How come I'm blind today? And the response will be that Atatka Ayatuna Fakadali tunsah." Our verses came to you, you had them and then you forgot them. So today you will be forgotten. Forgetting the Qur'an is not something small. Not just the words of the Qur'an, but the message of the Qur'an. It is something that we must remember. How do you make sure that you remember, you don't forget it? How? How do you do that? How do you retain your memory? Review. There is no other way. There is absolutely no other way. When you review it, you keep it. When you don't review it, you lose it. Because you see, once you learn something, learn some information, if you use that information, you have it. And if you don't use it, what's gonna happen? There's other things that you will learn that will take priority. Right? And studies show that when you learn something, right, and if you, if you don't use it, so basically you begin to forget the information, The most amount of forgetting takes place, when? At the beginning. So, one year, after you learned something, you didn't use that information, it's just sitting there, you didn't use it, you didn't review it. Within one year, you'll forget a lot of it. And then after that, the forgetting tapers off. So, it doesn't make a difference. So then what is necessary? Once you learn something, review, 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 review. Don't stop reviewing. Because when you will stop, you will? You will? You will? Forget. And the Qur'an, what is it for? What is the purpose of the Qur'an? Hmm? Guidance, right? Ibadah, you see, al-'ilmu ibada. Knowledge is worship. Learning knowledge is worship itself. And knowledge is learned for the purpose of worship. So why do we learn the Qur'an? Just so that we can be called someone who knows the Qur'an? Is that the objective? Why do we learn the Qur'an? Just so that we can recall verses off the top of our head and present them and show that we're very knowledgeable. Is that the purpose? What is the purpose of learning the Qur'an? It is to recite it and act upon it. It is to worship Allah through it. So you keep reviewing and stay connected and keep using the Qur'an. You will not forget it. Sanukuriuka And the message that we're being given over here is that firstly, have, again, trust in Allah. Learn to rely upon Allah even with regards to your memory. You don't have control over your memory. What control do you think you have over your money then? Or over your family? If you don't have control over the thing which is in your head, inside your head, what control do you have on things that are outside of you? Money, family, children. You don't. Learn to rely upon Allah.